0: Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and the Seahawks on Monday night are taking on the Minnesota Vikings. And we have Ted Glover of the Daily Norseman joining us. He's also part of the Good Morning Galhorn Podcast. Ted, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. Uh, happy to be here. How you How you doing today?
0: Brother? I, I'm doing all right. I, I don't I like these Monday night games because, I, you know, especially when we have so many games on Thursday and then you got away all through the day on Sunday. And then finally, it's the, the very last game of the entire week. I guess the one benefit is that you know what your opponents do, and especially in these divisions where we have tight races going on. You have one going on with Green Bay. We have one going on with San Francisco. Uh, at least we're going to know, you know, what kind of impact this game is really going to have come Monday night.
1: Uh, and I think regardless of, of what the outcomes already have been for the Thanksgiving games and, and what happens this weekend, uh, there are still huge implications regardless of who wins or loses on Monday night for both, for both teams, actually.
0: I look at the Vikings, and I know you guys are kind of locked in with this race with the Packers, but we saw the Packers just get clobbered by the 49ers. Are, are we sure that the, the Packers are a good team?
1: You know, the, the the Homer Vikings fan in me always thinks Green Bay is terrible, but I that I don't know. is Was it a combination of Green Bay is a bad football team or San Francisco is really good? Because I, I'll tell you, Brennan, when I watched that 49ers defense and I hadn't really seen them play other than maybe some extended highlights, that was the most consistently fast uh, and relentless defense I have seen in the NFL this year. I mean, they look like uh, they look like a really good college team like an Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson defense going up against a bottom-rung FBS team. I mean, they, they look that good to me. And and so it is – Green Bay is a good team, I, I think. I, I think their defense is a little bit overrated. But Aaron Rodgers finally has a decent running game. I'm still not sold on, on the receivers he has outside of Devontae Adams. But I don't think they were that bad, to be quite honest. They've kind of had a an a eh schedule. They really don't have a, a strong schedule to finish, so they're they're taking advantage of the schedule and they're beating mostly they're beating the teams they they should beat. So it's going to be tough for the Vikings to catch them, I think, um, just based on on the remaining schedules of both teams. But and and yeah, the Vikings lost in week two, which just was an aggravating loss. The farther in the rearview mirror that that game gets, but. I think on paper, the Vikings are every bit as good as Green Bay and can win the division if, if they can at least keep base. And they've still got a week 16 matchup at Minnesota to maybe try and even things out. So we'll see.
0: Well, what do you think about the Vikings remaining schedule or really the, the schedule overall this season? Do you think that, you know, at eight and three, it's an accurate picture of, of what, the, what you've seen from the team so far this year?
1: Yeah, it is. They're they're a good team. They've let a couple wins get away, but you know, then they won a game or two they probably shouldn't have. Dallas could have come back and, and won that game on, I guess, was Sunday night football. They had no business coming back and beating Denver down twenty to nothing at halftime, but they did. <laughs> they they gave away that game at, at Green Bay uh, in week two. Uh, well, not gave it away. They had a chance to to take the lead and maybe win, and you know, they just had a couple of bad plays they they should have won the kansas city game and they didn't so i mean uh, to, over the course of a season i think games even out so eight and three seems fairly reasonable about where they are and how they finish to to end the season kind of starts monday night against seattle i think that game and the green bay game in week 16 will tell us whether or not the vikings are a, a serious contender uh, or just kind of a fringe wildcard team
0: I'm still not sure quite how the Vikings or really how that Denver defense allowed the Vikings to get back in the game. Because you're talking about the game that you guys on the bye week last week, but the week before against the Broncos, giving up 20 points in the first half. Uh, Brandon Allen making some crazy conversions down the field against the Vikings defense. And it wasn't until the fourth quarter. And I think you guys were down like 20 points still when the fourth quarter started.
1: What was it? Twenty three. I was think it, it 23, was 23 seven? I yeah, and I, maybe they scored right. Yeah, I think it was maybe twenty three seven. Yeah, um, and then and then I think right it was the, in the very it opening second said, of the fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah, yeah. So it was. What happened was the Vikings, um, the the defense actually, you know, kind of started getting off the field, and the Vikings' offense clicked, and I I think part of that was they went. An up-tempo, no huddle, no huddle offense for the entire second half. They they really needed to to change the dynamic and feel of that game, and they did. And they had four second half possessions. They scored four touchdowns. Um, and and they really overwhelmed Denver. And you know, the thing going into that game, the Vikings have had problems with Vic Fangio defenses. I mean, he last year when he was the Chicago's uh, Chicago Bears defensive coordinator, he throttled the Vikings for two games. They lost both games this year they had no answers for that defense and early on they had no answers for another Chuck Pagano defense. And, and they figured out what would work. They got, uh, they got into, into formations and plays that, that Kirk Cousins excels at, namely play action and and rollout type stuff. The offensive line started playing well in the second half and it all sort of came together. So yeah, it's, it, it was, it was a great win. It was, you know, you could argue you shouldn't go down 20 to nothing at home against a, three and 16 or whatever they were then, (laughs) but they, they figured out a way to win the game. And that was, that was huge. That was so huge going into Dubai because if they had lost that game, these last two weeks would have been so negative and so down. And it just, Oh man, it it just, if there's a place when we look back, it says, Hey, maybe we flip the script on this season. It'll either be that Cowboys game on Sunday night or, or possibly that Broncos game, depending on what happens going forward.
0: Well, I gotta say that that win over the Cowboys, I think maybe that impressed some folks because the knock on Kirk Cousins, right? It's been that if you put him under the lights, primetime games, if it's against a winning team, then Kirk Cousins can't win games. So is that isn't that knock on him fair or unfair?
1: Uh, I think it was very fair coming into the season, uh, and you know the issues the Vikings had last year, they they weren't all on Kirk Cousins. I I think he was kind of a lightning rod simply because he signed a big contract and it was fully guaranteed. And, you know, the Vikings had had gone to the NFC championship the year before. So the expectation was, well, we improve at quarterback and, and yes, he was an improvement over Case Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Bradford, the, the three guys that had played in, in 2016 and 2017. So the expectation had been, had been elevated yet people kind of forget the Vikings had, I think the worst rushing attack in the NFL last year, mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, John, John DeFilippo uh, abandoned the run early and often. And they put even more burden and pressure on cousins to, to step up and perform. And he did in many games, but yeah, when like the Seattle game last year, for example, the, the Vikings could do nothing. Um, and the defense played strong and they played tough. And it was a, it was a one-score game, if I remember correctly, going into the fourth quarter. The Vikings still had a chance to win. So, yeah, I mean, Cousins Cousins did not play well in, in, in certain games last year when it mattered, but I, I think he's, he's turning that around this year. Yeah, it was Washington, but on Thursday night football against the Redskins, the, the Vikings got a win, and, and against the Cowboys on Sunday night football, Cousins played good football, and, and the Vikings got a win. Uh, he he engineered that comeback, which was a kind of another knock on him. He hasn't been able to do that since he's been in Minnesota. So he did that. So it's it's I think it was a, a a mostly accurate narrative that had been built, but give him credit in in saying that he is going about knocking that narrative down this year with some signature wins and comebacks this year.
0: Well, Ted, when you describe a football game with the Seahawks uh, by saying that it was a one-score game going into the fourth quarter, I think you've described about ninety-five percent of Seahawks games for about the past four years. So, I, I think you're probably right. I, I have no memory, uh, you know, right at the top of my head, if, if it was a one-score game going into the fourth quarter, but it probably was. Yeah, I mean, I, I was, you know, I was, I did uh,
1: the five questions Q and A exchange with Kenneth Arthur, and I was looking at Seattle's record. You've got like what six wins this year where it's been four points or less yeah that's that's amazing i mean that's that that's really impressive that you can you can do that that consistently that's a testament to seattle's uh football team and coaching and 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 everything else that you know you you say well it's luck but uh but good teams make their own luck i think and i think there's there's a, a lot of truth
0: in that as well I think when the Seahawks have had a, a consistent winning record and they do that year after year, I think it, it must be something that uh, Pete Carroll preaches. You know, he talks about always finishing games, and yeah, you know that. I, I understand that philosophy. I like to win games kind of early. You know, I, I kind of like being up twenty to nothing at halftime. But uh, apparently, Pete Carroll not into that. Russell Wilson apparently not into that either. He seems like he doesn't know what to do when he has a lead in the fourth quarter. He likes those game-winning comebacks. He he's had five. Uh, games Game-winning drives on the season in the fourth quarter, so it's it's just something that we're used to as as Seahawks fans. But you brought up Dalvin Cook, and I, I do want to talk about him because you know he has been you know really a, a game changer for the Vikings this year. Already over a thousand rushing yards, he has you know four hundred and fifty receiving yards. So he is that complete type of back. Uh, what have you seen from Cook that that's made him so impressive this year?
1: not a, not only everything you said but but he's so good at either making a guy miss or breaking a tackle and getting to the next level and getting that extra seven or ten or even 15 yards and that's such a huge dynamic that was missing in minnesota's offense last year You know, i, I go back to the how last year the, the rushing game was like 30th or 32nd it was just awful um a lot of that goes to the offensive line they've gotten a lot better they have uh, the whole interior line was remade. They, st- they still have the, the same bookend tackles from last year, but you know, Pat Elfline kicked over from center to left guard. They drafted Garrett Bradbury in the fa- first round and made him the starting center. And then they resigned or they signed uh, Josh Klein in free agency from Tennessee. And and those guys, they struggled a little bit, especially maybe Elfline and Bradbury early on, but, but the last two or three games, uh, with maybe the exception of the first half of Denver, they've, They've really come on and, and have played solid football, and and that's given a Kirk Cousins time to set up in the pocket and make his make the throws he's needed to. But it's also given Dalvin Cook in the running game a, a, a huge a huge boost. And when Cook goes out, a guy they bring in uh, rookie third round draft pick Alexander Madison. There's not much of a drop off in production. Madison is a strong between the tackles runner. Um, he really fights for extra yards. I, I would say Cook is a superior. Pass catcher. I don't see Madison as as being a dynamic um, runner with the ball, you know, catching the ball in the flat or whatever. But uh, I I, could, I think Cook is just superior in in that category. But you know, there there was a a concern about the 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 third down running back and the guy that would replace Cook when when Cook has to come off the field because Latavius Murray was a very productive player when he was with Minnesota, and you mm-hmm. can see he's doing well down in New Orleans, and now. Uh, there's really not much of a drop-off when, when Madison is in the game. They're both solid in pass protection. It's just been a, a complete 180 of, of what we saw last year in terms of running the ball.
0: The 9-2 and two Seahawks are taking on the 8-3 and three Vikings on Monday night. We're going to take a quick break, come back, and I'm going to ask Ted about what he thinks is the key to stopping the Vikings offense. joined by ted glover of the daily norseman and we're talking about the upcoming monday night game against the seattle seahawks i teased it a little bit before the break ted what is the key that you think to stopping this vikings offense
1: two things if if you can limit dalvin cook and and if you can bring pressure up the middle um that all season when the vikings have had trouble moving the ball and scoring points those have been the two main things that you look back on and say yeah that 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 was a problem if if you can disrupt Kirk Cousins coming up the middle um he's been pretty good at at stepping up if if you've got a guy coming off the edge uh, stepping up and and either running with the ball which he's he hasn't done a lot but he's been effective when he's done it or um stopping Dalvin Cook and and making the Vikings go one-dimensional and pass with with no threat of a run at all the only time that that's really happened was uh, the Bears game in week four, and, and, the, and the Vikings offense had really no answers. The, the Broncos did a good job a couple weeks ago, but but the Vikings came out and countered it. And they went went no huddle. So if if those things are happening again, it'll be interesting to see if the Vikings kind of flip into that no huddle mode, and and we'll see what happens. But yeah, if, if Seattle can do that, they've got they're going to have a leg up on the Vikings offense for sure.
0: Well, and one thing about Cousins, it does seem like he's you know really good at finding those. Big plays down the field. And a big part of that, Stephon Diggs, obviously. Uh, Adam Thielen has been part of that. Uh, but I know he's been kind of out of practice this week with injury. Are we going to see Thielen on Monday night?
1: Yeah, all signs point to Thielen playing. Um, he's been kind of limited in practice. But earlier in the week, the Vikings, uh, the Vikings had five wide receivers on the roster. Uh, and they waived uh, Josh Doxson, who they signed right at the beginning of the season. And re-signed linebacker Cameron Smith. Um so right now they only have four wide receivers on the active roster. They've got Thielen, they've got Stephon Diggs, they have uh rookie Olabisi Johnson and then um former first round pick Laquan Treadwell. So if if Thielen I would be surprised if Thielen doesn't play and if for some reason he comes up uh like a game time decision and, and doesn't go, it's it's really gonna put the Vikings in a bind because they'll only have three guys on the active roster
0: going then. I want to flip over to the defense because one thing that really jumped out to me when I was looking and digging into the stats, the Vikings defense is number six, 18.6 points allowed per game. What do you attribute that to?
1: You know, they, they've kind of embraced this and I hate it. It's this bend, but don't break philosophy, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, they've, but their pass defense kind of almost seems broken. Trey Waynes and, and Xavier Rhodes, the two starting quarterbacks, have really not played well about the last four or five-ish games. Vikings' pass defense has gone from a top-tenning unit to 15th or 16th over the course of the last month. They are, they are giving up yards in chunks. But I will say, when when teams get down into the red zone, the Vikings are doing a pretty good job of keeping them out of the end zone and limiting them to field goals. We saw that uh, most notably in the Denver game, they had, uh, you know, there was a, there was a chance. If the, the Vikings just had a couple of brutal turnovers towards the end of the first half and one right before halftime, and the, the Vikings, a- Andrew Sandeo, came up with a big interception. The second half, they were able to keep Denver out of the end zone. They only allowed the one field goal. And even when they when the Broncos went down on that huge, epic drive, you know, took up the last six minutes of the game and went like, I don't know, eighteen plays or whatever ridiculous number it was. They stopped them. They kept them out of the end zone from scoring. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's safe to say that Seattle would be able to move the ball. If Seattle can convert in the red zone and 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 score touchdowns and not settle for field goals, they've got an excellent chance of winning. I I, I just we'll, we'll see how it goes on the road for the Bikes. I I would hope they've got their pass defense issues figured out. But yeah, they've they've really uh, still tough to run on. But you know, and with with Russell Wilson, if if you know having a pass, having a defense that's having a hard time stopping the pass is not a thing you want to see with Russell Wilson going into CenturyLink Field for sure.
0: It does seem to set up well for the type of game that Russell Wilson has. Also the, the the fact that the Vikings defense stopping teams inside the red zone, the Seahawks have been one of the top scoring red zone teams in the league this year. So that kind of sounds like it, it sets up for a good fight between these two teams then if the Vikings are, you know, a good red zone defensive scoring team. And that was evident to me in the Cowboys game too, because, you know, yeah. Dak Prescott, you know, he's good at engineering those fourth quarter drives too. And he gets the, the Cowboys down inside the red zone, and it's a, a big play on fourth down that that stops that Cowboys team from you know getting in the end zone and getting the win.
1: The, the Vikings historically under Mike Zimmer, he's been a coach since 2014. they They've been really, really good at two things getting off the field on third down uh, and not letting teams score when they get down into scoring position. they're They're having troubles getting off the field on third down, which you can see if you go back and watch any game there's there's several drives a game where where teams go 10, 12, 15 plays in most instances. But at the end of those, the Vikings kind of figured out and you know, that we all talk about the, sh- the field getting shorter and everything else, The Vikings do a pretty good job of, of not allowing the touchdown and, and making teams settle for field goals. And that's, and that's been a big key into keeping the Vikings in a lot of games and, and getting out with some wins when, when maybe they very well could have lost. So yeah, it's that's going to be a huge component of the game. And, and I, you know, if the Vikings, I, I still think Rhodes and, and Waynes are are good cornerbacks. I don't know what the issue is. They seem to be on, in tight coverage, but in past years when they would make a pass breakup, they're allowing the completion for for whatever reason. If if they can turn that around, and and if and if the the red zone defense can still play pretty well, I it's going to be a good game. I I really like uh, I really like this as a test for the Vikings to see where they are in terms of, of how good of a team they are in the NFC this year.
0: Who do we need to be concerned about? Or who does Russell Wilson need to be concerned about, uh, particularly among the front seven?
1: Uh, Eric Kendricks is having an all pro year uh, linebacker. Um, Daniel Hunter and Everson Griffin, the two defensive ends are the top defensive end tandem in generating uh, pressure on a quarterback this year. So they're going to bring pressure from the outside. The, if if Kendricks or Anthony Barr who's a a pretty good linebacker as well if they can do a good job of spying Russell Wilson I mean yeah okay if (laughs) uh, because nobody does a good job of spying Russell Wilson it seems uh if if they can keep him in the pocket he's he's gonna have a hard time getting the ball out because Hunter and 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 Griffin just close on the quarterback so fast uh I think Linval Joseph the big Uh, The big dog nose tackle that's been out for a few games, he's starting to practice. So it looks like he's going to play. And if he can come back, that's going to be a huge boost to the Vikings interior defensive line. So I I would say those four guys right off the top of my head are going to be how how well they play are going to be key in in determining how effective I think Seattle's offense is going to be on Monday night.
0: The Vikings are five and zero at home, so that leaves them three and three on the road. So, Ted, for the average Vikings fan, what do you think their confidence level is for going into this game? For the Vikings or for Vikings fans? Vikings fans, what's the how how confident uh, are they about this team going to Seattle? You know, the, the Vikings have not; they've never
1: beaten Pete Carroll. They've never beaten Russell Wilson. Going on the road is a hard is a hard thing for the Vikings to do as a team collectively. Going into Century Link is a tough place to play. It's another primetime game. It's Monday night. I, I think if you, when the schedule came out, most rational Vikings fans would have looked at this game and said, "Yeah, I don't think so. I, I'm I'm worried about this game. I I think they have the talent that matches up very well with Seattle, and I think they can win this game. I just I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm very I'm very nervous. I, I think. Nervous is a good descriptive word to describe the Vikings fan base over this game.
0: Nervous, but I, I have to expect that, you know, with the kind of season Kirk cousins is having, if he's able to, to get that win on Monday night and he's been playing well, especially since week four or five of the season, if, if the Vikings get the win, are we going to start seeing Kirk cousins in the MVP talks?
1: Yeah, he his name was kind of, kind of bandied about on the edges. Um, I, I don't know that, that he is a, a legit one or two MVP candidate. I think that's going to come down to at least, Patrick Mahomes. I think Lamar Jackson has really played himself into that conversation. Man, unless the Vikings run the table and win the Super Bowl, no, I don't see that happening. But I think, I think the years he, he is having, if nothing else, deserves consideration. Uh, he's, really, he's really gone about his business well. Um, he, he took ownership early in the season when he was struggling and whatever it was he did, he, he, he turned things around and he's having a great year. And a large part of the, the reason the Vikings are eight and three and in the hunt for not only the NFC North, uh, and, and the playoffs, but maybe even, you know, a home playoff or a, a first round buy, if, if, you know, depending on how the schedule pans out for the other teams is the play of Kirk Cousins. He's played very good football for a vast majority of the season and the, the one thing that that was really his bugaboo early in his career was or and even last year with the vikings was turnovers and he's really limited turnovers i think he only has four or five turnovers all year which uh is is far away his career best up to this point so if if he can keep limiting the turnovers and still play good football you know he's got guys to throw it to he's got good players to hand it off to yeah, I, I, I think he deserves at least a, a mention in the conversation. I don't know that, that he would actually win the award, though.
0: Yeah, Lamar Jackson, he's having such a good year. I think Russell Wilson's starting to have a a hard time keeping in the conversation with just how good of a season uh, Lamar seems to be having so far with the Ravens. So uh, it it could be tough, but this is definitely a big game for Kirk. And Ted, I really want to thank you for coming on, for breaking down the Vikings in this game. If people want to follow you on Twitter, if they want to check out your latest article with that five questions with Kenneth Arthur, where do they go?
1: If you want to go to the perpetual outrage machine that is Twitter, you can find me. Uh my handle is at purple buckeye. Uh in terms of Vikings and Ohio State. Go Bucks beat Michigan. On on the Daily Norseman. uh I'm one of the one of the lead writers there. You'll see me. I, I do four, five, six pieces a week. I, I got a and a Q&A up there right now with Kenneth Arthur, your, uh um, your contemporary over there at Field Goals. Field Goals.
0: Um, <laughs> I know it's tough with Field <laughs> Goals. Field Goals. Uh, you really have to enunciate. It's it's a good
1: it's a good name. I, I like I like your vlog's name. And then I do a I do a podcast on Daily Norseman. It's called Good Morning Gallahorn with uh, a a couple of good buddies of mine. It's 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 three kind of old semi drunk dudes. Well, two of us are semi drunk when we do it. <laughs> um, and we we do two shows a week. We do a preview show that drops. I think saturday morning and then we do a show called in the raw which we we fire we fired up right after the game win or lose and and uh that's usually pretty humorous the, the host dave is he's a good host and uh he he uh he likes his beer so, <laughs> I. so we'll see how that goes
0: see i, I think seahawks fans are going to want to tune in no matter what
1: <laughs> <laughs> i hope so yeah
0: yeah i hope so well thanks for coming on ted and uh looking forward to the game on monday